Hello, I'm Arianna Raji Lee, founder of Pasha Mama, and welcome to our conversation, In Conversation, the podcast where I speak to women's health practitioners, baby and toddler experts, mamas and mums-to-be, to find out about what they do and how their story can support you through modern motherhood. Let's get started, shall we? Hi guys, good morning and happy new year to you. Um, I hope uh, that the news of the recent lockdown hasn't dampened spirits of a hopeful 2021. Um, Surprisingly, it hasn't for me, given the previous lockdown. I, I, I really sort of suffered, I think, in terms of not being able to see people. But I think that given the vaccine is on the horizon I feel like hopefully for a lot of you as well as it does for me makes it feel a little more bearable um but welcome to our first episode back in 2021 it's really good to be back behind the mic back behind my computer um I'm not gonna lie I was actually quite apprehensive about coming back to work I don't know I just felt you know that that period between Christmas and New Year is always a little bit no man's landy um, and, uh, I felt, I thought, oh gosh, it's going to be really hard to sort of gear up and get back into work from the fourth, but actually I really, really enjoyed this week and working and, um, kind of using my brain again. So, um, thank you so much for joining us today. This episode, um, is about baby loss. Um, it's about miscarriage. So, um, please be aware that we do talk about um, very personal, very deep experiences of that. Um, And I'm really grateful to Seema Palmer, who is a fitness, health and wellbeing instructor, um, who I actually know from my cycle days, um, as well as doing a bunch of things, including founding um, a company called Stronger with Seema. Seema is also a senior instructor at um, Cycle, where I used to teach as well. Um, And in this episode today, we talk about her experience of baby loss, which she suffered when she experienced a missed miscarriage back in September of 2020. And it was at a time where partners couldn't be in the hospital with you. So she experienced that all on her own. And it's a really powerful episode. Obviously, it's heavily heavily weighted in emotion um but we talk about healing as well in terms of both Seema's physical and emotional health and how she copes and hopes to share by sharing her story and her experience that it will also help others which is obviously something that I feel particularly personally very, very strongly about in terms of sharing so that others don't have to necessarily suffer or feel as though they're alone in something. We touch on family and friend reactions to such a significant life event and also what it meant for Seema culturally. She is um, Indian. I'm really, really, really utterly grateful and also just full of total admiration for Seema's courage and her strength and before you listen and Seema I know you're going to be listening to this as well um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing such a poignant and personal part of your journey with us 
I have linked to support groups in the episode's show notes for anyone who's going through this or knows of anyone going through this who might need support. So for now, take a deep breath, sit back and have a listen. Hi, Seema. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm really well, thank you. Um, I know that we're here today to talk about a kind of deeply personal and a very emotive subject. Um, and I think the best way to probably start is if you wouldn't mind just sharing your story with us. Sure. Um, so back in July of last year, I found out I was pregnant, um, which was <laughs> a happy and uh, kind of bit of a shock too, a bit more of a surprise in a, in a positive way than anything else. Um, we, you know, my body started changing. I was definitely feeling very pregnant and we started to kind of plan for this new little chapter that awaited us. Um, I'm 38, um, which meant that I was a bit more aware of the fact that things, you know, may not go to plan um, because I had people around me that had been through, you know, separate um, challenges when it comes to fertility, um, but didn't probably really fully understand uh, anything in real deta detail, having not experienced anything myself. Um, I went through the first three months, um, you know, pretty normally um, experiencing symptoms, um, not particularly, um, you know bad morning sickness but all the nausea and all of the kind of tenderness and you know hormones and emotions um and we went for an early scan um because we were told that if there was a heartbeat after the eight week mark or eight nine week mark um then there was a really high chance of you know going to full term um and by high chance just for context it was a 98 percent chance just in terms of the stat. Um, and then I went for my NHS 12-week scan and sadly learned that, you know, that there was no heartbeat um, and the baby had died at 10 weeks, um, which was obviously naturally a huge shock. And um, I was told that I'd had a missed miscarriage. And a missed miscarriage is when the baby, um, so your body doesn't reject the baby. So the baby dies, but you, your body still thinks that that it's pregnant. So um, a, a normal or, an, or a miscarriage that happens uh, differently to that is one that comes out naturally from the body. So you bleed out the, uh, out the baby, um, but my body hadn't. So um, at that point, the um, nurse, gave me only two options because I was, you know, further gone than, um, you know, it being able to come out of my body naturally. The two options were either having an operation um, where they remove the remains of the pregnancy or um, taking a tablet, which actually brings on the process of the labor um, and can take from an hour to you know, 16 hours and, and you go through the full contractions and the full process and, and then 
um and that's how you kind of get rid of you know the the the, the remains of the pregnancy but i opted for the operation um but what was really telling in that moment was actually how ill prepared i was for what the words missed miscarriage or miscarriage in any way meant um because actually once I, I, I realized what happened and, and I'd gotten over the shock and then I was put into a room to wait for a nurse to, to, to give me those options. I had no idea what was then about to happen to my body and what was then about to happen full stop. And um, I think that was on the Wednesday that I'd, I'd found out. And then by the Friday, I'd luckily got an appointment in for the operation, um, which was under general anesthetic. And it was a fairly, you know, pain-free procedure um but when you come out um of you know of of the operation you're back at home I guess nothing really prepared me for the weeks to come and and that that's both in its in the physical and emotional sense so your body's still full of hormones from the pregnancy so that's kind of one element of it and then your body you know what was physically pregnant at one point and then very quickly wasn't and then has to deal now with the healing of a an operation to try and you know I guess remove you know all of the work that had been done by your body for three months um and being you know working in fitness being very mobile and being very used to being very connected to my body I suddenly lost full connection with it um you know we went for a walk on the sunday um and it was you know when i say gentle it was gentle i mean it was it wasn't really a walk more of a stroll um and i came back and we probably walked for about an hour and i came back home and you know the cramps were severe and 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 i you know you bleed after for a few weeks and and the bleeding was very severe and it kind of started i guess to bring to life the part of the process that you just don't know about and so you know there's one thing dealing with the shock of the news the emotional side of the news and and kind of what that might you know what that means to you and that stuff lives longer and that's the stuff that probably you know I'm still uh, I guess dealing with now um but the physical the the, the kind of post um operation physical trauma is something that I just, you know, completely wasn't expecting at all because no one had ever had ever spoken about it. And and actually, when you look online, um, there isn't anything out there either. So it's it was very lonely because it was a very physical, real process that you couldn't um, find answers to. And we live in this information age, and yet there was no information for me to to get to help me get through the next few weeks. Or, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how long it was going to be. Um, and I kind of found that whole whole thing very frustrating, very lonely, very, there was a lot of anger. I, I didn't quite know what to do with it. I didn't, you know, my body wasn't ready to move fully. For, I mean, it took me probably like three and a half weeks until I felt ready to just move in a more gentle way, but not without feeling discomfort and and then not wanting to push too hard because I didn't want to you know um I guess um what's the word like 
I don't want the healing to slow down the healing process and then not be able, if I try again, to then be able to, you know, have a high chance of success should that be in my plan. Um, and so in the end, so I had, um, when you go for an operation, you are asked or you're told that the doctor may give you an antibiotic depending on how much, um, I guess, has to be removed during a procedure. And I um, personally, I'm quite anti-antibiotics um, and anti having to put anything in that I don't, you know, know enough about or don't necessarily need. So I mentioned that to the anaesthetist before I went in to my op. And um, luckily they didn't have, you know, they didn't feel like they needed to give me any. However, you're supposed to only bleed for two to three weeks after your operation. And I was still very much so bleeding towards that three week mark. Went into denial a little bit, got to the four week mark, at which my other half said to me, you know what? What, what's going on this isn't normal you need to go back into the hospital which is partly why I was in denial about it because I didn't want to have to go back in and um went back in to be told um that there was clotting so luckily they didn't need to go back in but there was clotting they had to put me on some strong antibiotics to help you know kind of hopefully get the remainder out and I guess the full period was probably about five weeks of bleeding post-operation and I have to say that 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 kind of five week um period was just really hard because um you're not allowed to obviously put any you're not allowed to insert anything post-operation for risk of infection and so you're seeing the remains of of the pregnancy very much so coming out so even though the procedure is supposed to take most of it out you're still seeing it and I understand that um from what I understand you know after pregnancy after labor sorry you um you do you know you obviously naturally are going to keep bleeding um for a duration um but I guess the difference between that and this is that you don't have a baby to distract you and you don't have you know you you're not left with anything um so I found I found that actually super tough and you know I, I I'd consider myself to be quite quite strong actually a lot stronger than um I thought I, th I thought I would be really strong in being able to deal with it but actually this definitely floored me at some point within those few weeks it was very tough to deal with um and it was a grief that you can't connect with because You've never had anything grow inside your body before. Seema, first and foremost, I just want to say I'm so incredibly sorry for your loss and for your partner's loss. And secondly, that I'm so grateful and full of admiration for you to be sharing your story with me on this platform. Um, it's incredibly brave. Uh, you're incredibly open um so thank you for that courage i want to ask you a little bit about um you know i feel as though when you're telling you know we, we spoke about this previously and 
you now have this almost sort of conviction to share what's happened to you and your own experience so that other women have somewhere to turn unlike you did you know you said that you felt very lonely very um um isolated during this because there was just no information available to you and your almost conviction here to support other women is incredibly incredibly inspiring you posted about this on social media um, after it happened to you you said I feel compelled to share our experience how did that feel to you putting it out so publicly when a lot of women keep this to themselves you know our, you know at Passion Mama we're all about open communication and talking about things that aren't widely spoken about and I would hope that as the founder of a business that advocates something like that, if I were to suffer something like this, that I would have the bravery and the courage to actually put it out there like you did. But I don't know if and when that time comes, whether I, I will be brave or not. I won't know until I know. And so how did you feel about hitting that publish button when you when you wrote it down? Because I, I totally get there's something cathartic about sharing things there's something cathartic about writing it down even if you don't share it so this is coming out of your out of your body what drove you what what gave you that that courage to do that quite simply it was from a place of knowledge and education so coming back to your first point I think you're absolutely right you know from everyone that's going to listen to this 50% of the women and you know, more than will probably not feel um, strong enough to be able to share um, and a small amount might do. And I think there's no wrong or right. And I appreciate the woman that can't and I appreciate her reasons for not being able to, because I've now, I can, I can I've been to that place, but the reasons for sharing are actually for me greater. So I believe that just wider than this incident my role uh, you know within my kind of career but, but it's bigger than that because it feels like my life is to help uh, people um to live a, a healthier life to have stronger minds to be stronger in you know physical and emotional sense and especially women and therefore this came from that same place because I was like even if one woman can share this with three friends or you know however many friends you know, this is currently then enabling people to have the knowledge to A, deal with it, should they go through it, and to B, then sh know how to respond to someone that they know that goes through it, which is equally as important. Um, and then C, just have the knowledge to share with others, you know, should they feel compelled to and if I can tap into that one lady then that one lady tells another lady then you suddenly have that trickle down effect and you know it's it's a numbers game for sure but you know it's it's that personal and it's that real one in four women will suffer a miscarriage that stat for me does not correlate to the 98 percent chance of having a heartbeat and going to full term right so those conflicting stats that were on the table meant nothing to me at the end of the day. But the one that's rung true is the one in four. And so therefore, if it's that common, then I need to do my bit to help just talk about it. And, you know, since actually since sharing it, 
I was pretty amazed at how many women um, direct messaged me and, and, and also men, actually, who came forward from, you know, different walks of my life and said that they were going through or had been through something similar. And they were, they really wanted to talk about it. They really loved that they could then talk about it. And, and for me, actually, a lot of my healing has come from talking to women who've been through it. Um, outside of my closest circles um, because they've been through it. And um, and that's ultimately what will happen is that then there'll be a shared community of people that, that can go through it. But wider than that, it's the information. You know, had I, I throughout my 12 weeks, I kept saying, even to my own mother, because my mother at one point said to me, why don't you seem happy about this? And I said, it's not that I don't seem happy. It's just... I need to be prepared for both eventualities, right? Until it's really safe for me to celebrate. But even then, you know, every scan is important. And um, then, and, and that's a generational thing and a cultural thing, I think, you know, that, that particular barrier there. But, but ultimately it's, you know, you don't really know in my, it, that was my view. I don't really know what's going to happen. But the truth was, I didn't actually also know what I was, going to be having to experience in the event that I did miscarry and I just don't want women to have to go through that and to go back to work to go back to the public to go back in any capacity is so hard let alone to go back and feel you know to go back into your relationship because whilst it happens to both of you it the way that it happens to a woman and the way that happens to a man is different enough to then also you know and I don't know how much we can talk about it but even just you know how do you feel sexy again how do you how do you become intimate again and it's all of these questions and all of these things that people don't talk about and they are they are so 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 important and huge when it comes to the entirety of this one thing, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And I completely, uh, you know, I've, I've not on anywhere on your, your scale, um, but, uh, you know, even, you know, you share something personal and it's always so overwhelming to see how many people, as you say, people, perfect strangers, but also people who you haven't been in touch with for years come out of the woodwork and say, oh gosh, this has happened to me as well. You're not alone. And I totally get that safety in numbers. And also there's something safe in, in, in talking about something that is so personal with a group of strangers, but who are essentially aren't strangers because they've felt they've been through that similar thing with you compared to, let's yeah. say a group of your close friends who might not have. And I wanted to ask you actually, how, how did you find your being with your close family and friends after this had happened who who haven't really experienced something like this was it difficult to settle back into things I mean that's a uh that's a big question um it you know like with any uh grief trauma or or difficult life event you definitely learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about the people around you. 
And, you know, I think when it comes to family specifically, I think, um, you know, I think our, fa- you know, your, your families have a different way of dealing with different events, depending on, you know, how they've been brought up. Um, for me, being Indian, culturally, it doesn't actually start and stop at mis- yeah, sorry, pregnancy or, you know, fertility. You know, talking is something, talking openly is something that's definitely still very new in terms of a concept. You know, um, it, it tends to be not talked about, brushed to the side or just, you know, or just something that you, you just get on with. Um, and, that, and that's me obviously kind of generalizing across the board now. But when it comes to, you know, a, a kind of woman's natural process in life, you know, she, she gets married, you know, goes to school, gets all, all her education, get, finds a man, gets married, buys a house, um, you know, starts breeding. And, you know, God forbid, if you haven't started breeding by the age of 30, then, you know, there's there's something go something wrong with you. <laughs> and and as much as as much as that still sounds so ancient, you know, it does still actually really apply. So being 38, I kind of got to the point where, you know, people stopped asking me because <laughs> I was well over <laughs> on that dusty old book at the top of the shelf. But um but 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 also actually then when you go through something like this you you then you know you kind of find you kind of find a way to to share and to talk and and weirdly actually when it comes specifically to family I did have some wonderful um chats with you know family that that I never expected and I think you know there are there there are things out there that there are you know posts out there that we read for everything but there is the what to say and what absolutely not to say to a woman that's just had a miscarriage also a woman in her late 30s you know about babies or trying and family definitely put their foot in it you know and they're the ones that probably do it more so but then equally my surprise was when a cousin said to me you know she was so wonderful she's got kids and she said you know I just I want you to know that I'm there for you because I have no idea what you've been through and I can't relate and I don't think I can try and find the words for you because I don't think there are, are any and I think just her raw honesty on on being comfortable enough to say I don't know what to say to you but I'm here was so profound and something that I would probably ask most people to really learn from you know in any difficulty because it's it's comfort it's much more comforting to hear those words than hear you know, something that's being said for the sake of being said, you know. Um, and that's with family. And then I think with friends, you, you know, I started off by saying this and I, and I do believe it. You just, you, you, you know, you learn a lot when you go through pain about those that, that are there for you. And it's not to discount those that can't be there for you emotionally because actually it's something that they can't do, right? But it, it, you will choose to respond to those in a different way, maybe. And I absolutely have learned who I can talk to about this to even now, um, and those that I can't. And it's definitely done, you know, a bit of a kind of separation in terms of where I see people. But 
I, you know, I, I've been through, I lost my father 12 years ago. I've, I've definitely lost people in my grandma. Like I've lost significant people in my life. And I would say that the loss of the baby has almost shifted something inside of me in a much stronger way um, that almost has given me a, a lot more clarity um, in everything. And therefore, the way that people actually respond, um, being on the face of it maybe five years ago, right or wrong, now almost doesn't matter because I've kind of had the sanctuary of knowing that I'm okay first and foremost, and I'm I'm able to kind of navigate through the pain here first and in my house with my partner, and then the rest will follow. If that makes sense, that does make sense, and and um, it's actually um, you know really quite beautiful and almost poetic that you say that um, something shifted in terms of kind of clarity, which is I think you know something that everyone strives for all the time so I'm glad that you found that in this at least um you've mentioned your partner you've mentioned relationships I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit from maybe his point of view because obviously you've experienced this both completely differently as you would um how has how did he take the news obviously he wasn't there in the room with you when you found out um and you know how did he process that and how are you both doing now i think um not being able to to be together in that moment was 100 percent um just awful <laughs> um Having to process what the nurse had told me on my own was one thing, but then having to repeat the words on the phone was so difficult because, bless him, he picked up the phone, you know, kind of going, oh, I, I'm still, you know, 10 minutes away. I didn't realise you'd be done so soon. You know, he was ready for me to be in and out. Um, so it genuinely floored him because he was, just expecting the complete opposite in terms of, you know, a call. And both of us couldn't process it. And, and you know, from him, from his point, what's hard, I think, is that the men do get forget, forgotten. You know, so, and, and I, I have really noticed it. Like, a, a good friend of mine called him straight away, called him when I was going into the operation, to check on him so not just how Seema doing but to check on him and I think it's that that actually gets forgotten because even though he didn't hold and grow the baby inside he was with me every step of the way every morning every tender moment in my physical body every emotion every oh you know what should we plan you know how are we going to plan for this little one arriving was, uh, you know, it was a mutual process, journey and conversation. So therefore you're holding hands throughout the entire process. So whilst it's happening physically to me, in every other sense it's happening to him because we both encountered a loss. 
And um, he's, you know, we learn a lot about our relationship in that moment um, because we've not had to go through a loss, you know, in that way together. And um, we are 100% closer. And I, I've heard that it either, you know, makes you a lot closer or does the opposite. And I can actually see, I can see why it can do the opposite now. Because as a woman, I did lose, and I, I shouldn't talk about it in the past because it's probably still with me now, but you lose such a huge part of you. You know, you your confidence, your your you know, your trust in and in, in in your own body. Um your you doubt, you know, you doubt what 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 the choices that you've made previously maybe. Um one thing that, you know, definitely came and came up in my head was being on the pill. But, you know, we digress for a moment. But you know, it's I can absolutely understand why in some cases relationships, you know, may, may change and, and ultimately may not survive, but we are so much stronger. And whilst we are still processing and we, we do still have our moments for sure. Um, we, we're not rushing into anything. We're not going to let this take over our lives of what should be and shouldn't be. And, and we're not, I'm now not going to become obsessed with, part two you know and when that is and how that is we're just gonna let it naturally evolve um and now we're a lot more prepared for this eventuality should it happen again yeah and i'm so i'm so glad that you have each other to support each other in this and i think you're right i think sometimes you forget that even though the women experiences the physicality and the emotional side of loss the, the partner does in its entirety feel that emotional side as well so i am glad that you are closer as a result as you say it can go the other way i wanted to ask you know you you just touched on the fact that you were or you know and sometimes you still are um you know losing confidence and trust in your body which must be incredibly incredibly difficult particularly for somebody who is in the wellness and health space, how have you or how are you coming back from that? How are you regaining that trust? How are you being kinder to yourself, reminding yourself that this, this wasn't you, this is just a thing that happens to one in four women, the stats are that fucking high. Are there things that you're doing to rebuild that confidence that's been knocked um so yes well i'd actually um booked myself into a yoga teacher training um at the beginning of 2020 um pre-pandemic um and then was unsure of whether or not that would take place um but was planned at the end of last year um luckily we were able to go ahead with it and it actually started exactly four weeks after my operation, which was incredibly soon um, to have to face the real world. Um, and more importantly, to have to, to, have to be around people. Um, and um, that was kind of the beginning of a massive healing for me. Um, so 
yoga and meditation for two hours every day for eight days for the first intensive week lots of hip opening lots of tears um and lots of cathartic tears actually and just release physically like connecting back with my physical body um and 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 you know accepting what happened in in a much more connected way again um and that was the beginning of it and and yoga itself is very um much a lifelong gift of therapy i would say um you know it's um it's been an you know a wonderful wonderful journey so far which is nearly over sadly but i i've learned so much about myself because of the teachings of yoga outside of the physical practice on the mat so that has absolutely been um a kind of a retreat a kind of place of um sanctuary for me like something that has i can never i can never fully probably ever repay this gift you know because of, of how it is because it's, it's been everything um but alongside that that journey has been the fact that i you know i'm i'm only five foot one point eight so i'm quite small so then putting on the pregnancy weight you know it, it does definitely you know show and go um and i was you know and i still am um five kilos heavier than I normally would be. Now, this is all relative to the individual, um, you know, in the body. But when you work in wellness and fitness and you're used to being strong and you're used to being a certain way, um, that added, you know, that kind of added weight that's come from hormones. My hips are wider. My my body's shaped differently now um and i'm indian so i'm holding it all in that kind of top half of my body um you absolutely lose confidence you know like you can smile through you know you can smile through instagram and you can smile through um you can smile through it absolutely but it doesn't mean that it doesn't live there um and it comes from a place i think where the the the, the other side the flip side of it was I guess the flip side of it has been is that I then emotionally ate, you know, badly to compensate. I didn't make the right the right choices and I haven't been because I've been almost reluctant to. So whilst I've been doing the good with yoga, there's still been a block somewhere emotionally. And then to not, and I guess sometimes that comes from not, you know, not coming out of this process and not having anything to show for it. Um, and I know I've said that before, but it that kind of has stuck a little bit. But it also, I think, takes time for you to mentally go, OK, I'm now in a place where I want to do something about it. And the yoga was 100 percent internal um, and it's really helped cleanse the thoughts, the thought patterns. Um, it's helped me really cleanse old stuff in my life um it's it been so cathartic in so many ways and now I also feel ready to start addressing that within myself without you know you have to take they say with any healing of the physical body and healing of the mind it, it takes time and you need to take your time and I've historically definitely been an all or nothing kind of go 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 100 miles an hour um 
something like this when it's so personal and it's so physical and it also affects the next life stage because it's happened to an area of your body that you can't rush in its healing and you can't rush back to something that you once was. Um, it's definitely made me be a lot kinder. Um, and now that I'm about to start really looking after my, my nutrition and looking after my way of moving my body again, um, you know, hoping that that will take me back to that physical space too, where I feel a lot more confident. Mm, that's, um, I'm so glad that you had that yoga at that time when you needed it most. I do think that the universe does work in its mysterious ways and sort of giving you things when you kind of least expect it at the right time when you sort of need it. Um, and, I'm, you know, as you say, these things take time. They're going to be different for everyone. It's one thing at a time, each day at a time. Um, just speaking from my own sort of personal losses and, and grief. Um, I wanted to ask you whether, I guess, you experienced this with no information at your fingertips. What advice would you give to anybody who has experienced a baby loss and is, is going through the motions of grief right now? I would, I would say that there's a few things I would say. Um, one of the first things I would say is to find someone that you can talk to, even if that person hasn't been through it, but can lend an empathetic ear. Like, it's so important to talk because it just helps shift it outside of you. Um, and it's, it doesn't have to make sense because it's just nice to have someone there at, that can hear and listen to you. Um, I, I definitely 100% feel like some form of um, retreat for yourself. So whether that's taking yourself away from your space where it's happened the, the four walls that, that protect you, yes, but that will equally remind you of what has happened. So whether that, and I know it's hard with COVID, so maybe it's staying with a friend. If you're comfortable, maybe it is going out for a week, you know, going away for a weekend. But just for context, that, that week of, that intense week of yoga after four weeks, um, the Monday to Friday, um, the venue was in central London, um, with a 7am start and I live in the suburbs. So I went and stayed with a friend. So essentially it felt like a mini retreat. You know, I was up early, I was out early and I was, you know, on the map by seven o'clock. And um, that detachment really helped being in a different space, um, taking it, you know, maybe a good book um, if you're ready for it, but somewhere where you can sleep, somewhere where you can talk, um, and somewhere where you can just process what has happened, because I think without having the time to process it, I don't really understand how women, which many do, go back to their full-time jobs, 
full-time lives. And, and I look, I appreciate the, the, there are women out there that have to go back to kids, you know, other kids that, and, and lives. Um, so maybe getting away isn't an option for them, but maybe a day trip out is. And it's, it's actually more the carving out the time to actually process what's happened. So whether that's going for a long walk, having that ear, you know, to listen and speak to and just get it out. Because just like any anything, if you just kind of put the blinkers on and brush it under the carpet, it will come back and haunt you in some way and in a way that's probably not going to be very beneficial to anyone, you know. Um, and lastly, I think I would encourage as many of the women that are not today, but to one day try and share it to feel like they do matter enough to feel no shame, to feel empowered that they could help one person in their circle you know, if they go through it or if they have somebody that's going through it. Um, because the more we actually support each other, the more, you know, we can have that trickle down effect in the wider community and just help women prepare better for it. I mean, that was so beautifully said, Seema, and I'm utterly grateful for you, um, sharing your story with us and full of admiration for your courage and strength so thank you very very much thank you